This episode of the Open Guard Cast is brought to you by Electron Performance. If you go to Electron Performance's website, you can use the coupon code OpenGuardCast25 to get 25% off any of Electrum's programs. So today we're super excited. We have Alex Enriquez as our guest. Uh, you can follow Alex at a Enriquez 218 on Instagram. Alex is currently a brown belt, uh, training and competing under Bruno Frazado at Atos Atlanta. She won double gold at Gi Pans and No Gi Pans this, this year, or actually last year in 2020. <laughs> and that was competing as a featherweight, which is a really, really big accomplishment. Both are. So, Alex, thank you so much for taking the time to, to join me and to talk today. No, thank you for having me. Um, super excited about this opportunity. So. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like I, I mentioned to you before we started recording, I was uh, talking to Andre from BJ Heroes, and he recently put out an article on you that was really informative. It was cool. It talked about your background in jiu-jitsu and wrestling. So if you have the chance, definitely go to BJ Heroes and check that out. So yeah, I kind of just wanted to build off some of the stuff that he talked about um, in the interview with you. So do you want to just start talking about your start in jiu-jitsu? I know you started at a really young age, so you talk about like the motivation for getting into jiu-jitsu in the first place. For sure. Um, I referenced it on the BJJ Heroes article, but when we moved from the Philippines to the States, I was very young, probably six or seven, like uh, first grade. And my older brother, uh, who was 18, 19 at the time, um, was always wanting to get into fighting. And he ended up finding this gym called Knuckle Up Fitness, um, where we were in Alpharetta at the time, Alpharetta, Georgia. And um, my parents were always trying to find or get me into some after-school activity so I wouldn't be home all day. So by summer of sixth grade, I finally gave it a shot. Um, and it was funny, my very first time when I went to the gym, it was on a Wednesday. And usually the jiu-jitsu, the kids' jiu-jitsu classes are on Tuesday and Thursdays. So it was just me and the coach at the time. And it wasn't even a jiu-jitsu class. It was like striking or something. <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. I, I like, I just had a one-on-one -on -one with him for an hour, and I, I was drenched, like soaked. I felt like I took two showers. I was like, what the heck is that? <laughs> but I was like, okay, I'll call him back tomorrow and actually take the class. And yeah. I came back the next day, and I, I absolutely loved it. It was great. I was just like, what the heck is this? But my very first time we were just working on jumping guard as in the kids class and my partner at the time like just wouldn't catch me like you know how when you're, <laughs> like so and then my coach was like you gotta throw your head back you gotta lean back and so I would jump I was like okay I'm gonna jump as high as I can I was like 11 years old and every time I jump I'd hit my head and I I was like I hate this like I'm never gonna <laughs> jump guard like this hurts so I was actually scarred from that. I, like for a year, I didn't jump guard. I would just like sit guard. I didn't even know how to pull guard at the time. So I would just sit guard. Um, but then after, but I loved it. Like the very first class, I loved it. My older brother, I would just teach me some stuff, but he was more of a stand-up fighter. He was a striker, but uh, he would wrestle around with me. And so I, I just like, I want to do this all the time. So yeah, for sure. I feel like a lot of some people obviously it takes them a little bit of time to get adjusted to jiu-jitsu, but like for me too, I started a, a lot later than you. But as soon as I started doing it, I was like, "This is awesome. This is it. Yeah. I love this." <laughs> I was like, "Well, you can choke people out and stuff." Like I've never. Yeah. Seen <laughs> yeah, this is incredible. <laughs> so, do you want to talk a little bit about when you started getting into like competition? Did you kind of jump into it right away, or was it something that? you kind of work towards as you as you progress in your training yeah so um it was about maybe a month or less than a month three to four weeks into training and the after the first day i trained i was like yeah I'm, i'll do this as much as i can so i would they only offered like the kids program two like three days a week tuesday thursday saturdays but the monday wednesdays they still had it but no one would show up so mm -hmm. for like for the longest time, I was like, I have nothing to do. I'll 
still go on those days and I would just get privates. It would just be one-on-one with me and this like 220 pound guy. <laughs> and he didn't know what to do with me half the time. Cause I was like a hundred pounds. So he, he'd have me on this like yoga ball, just ba- balancing around. He's like, just stay there and balance for like ever. <laughs> and so I just had to sit there and learn how to bounce. I was like, are we done yet? It's like 30 minutes. I felt like it was like, some master Miyagi kind of stuff (laughs) (laughs) yeah but yeah like after three weeks he was like there's this tournament that's coming up uh you should do it and then we didn't do any no gi or anything it was just like I only did gi at the time um but yeah I did my first tournament in Naga and then there was no people like my my uh my experience level so they actually and I was like a hundred maybe 105 pounds or so at the time I was 11 and so they threw me into um they threw me into like the kids intermediate or intermediate or whatever they were about to throw me into the kids expert with 15 year olds and then my coach was like hold up like she might be tall but she's only 11 and 100 pounds yeah I've only been training for less than a month like you can't but so they were like, okay, so we don't have anyone in beginners. So they threw me up into the intermediate with kids my age, but they were 10, 20 pounds bigger than me. Um, but it still went fine. I was honestly like, I was skinny, but I was just like a foot taller than everyone. It was, yeah. it was like a weird little thing. And so the only things I knew at that time was like a double under takedown, like a bear hug takedown. And then I knew an Americana, I knew a cross lapel choke and a triangle. And I won all my matches that day with one of those three things. <laughs> so I would just run up to them. As soon as they'd say go, I'd like bull rush them and I'd just try to hug them. And like, <laughs> I'd like do the bear hug and they're like about to break their back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I go straight to like either mount or side mount. Um, and I'd just like Americana them or... I'd find myself in a triangle or across the pouch choke, and it just worked out. I was super happy. I got to go home, and I was like, look at all these swords, Mom. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was super fun. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's something I, I ask pretty much every guest, especially if they start as a kid, is kind of how they started doing, what the results were like when they first started competing. Because some people, they lose a lot for years, and it takes them a long time to build some momentum. Yeah. But some people like you, it sounds like you were – kind of winning straight off the bat so was yeah. it kind of like that for all the tournaments you did like your first few years competing uh-huh yeah I was actually yeah it, it just jiu-jitsu came very easy to me it I, it just made sense even though mm-hmm. I've never like grappled before it made a lot more sense I always did ball sports like basketball I played a lot of basketball volleyball even football growing up with my friends but never anything like grappling wrestling related and it just made sense and so when I would go in there like, my mom, like, I, I would go to practice or something, and my coach would tell my mom, was like, oh, she's doing great. She just needs to be a little bit more aggressive. And I was just like, my mom would tell me that, and so I'd go back and be like, okay. <laughs> and then i just try i just try I was never afraid of, like, I didn't really have any fear back then. I mean, that's normal mm-hmm. with kids. They're like, I'm not, I'm, a, I'm not afraid of breaking my arm or anything, so... <laughs> Just or trying new there. moves too i feel like that's something that holds people back a lot too is like, yeah. like you said you, you weren't afraid to try so when you learn something new you probably just put it right into action exactly yeah and i've always taken that even now like i every that's how i like to view all the practices every time we learn a new technique i would always try to implement it in drills or rolling all the time um so i was never like in practice I'm a big proponent of like I'm not rolling to win in training I'm like rolling to get better to learn so I mean I'm not afraid of tapping in practice all the time that's something you need to be doing right if you're if you're the best on the team like what are you doing there so kind of deal yeah yeah absolutely so did you ever do the kids pants the IBJJF kids pants yeah so um after let's see I, I after like a two or three turn two tournaments or so like after two months of being a white belt my coach gave me my yellow belt and then I was a yellow belt for like a year or two like yellow belt was actually the longest time I spent in the kids belts Mm -hmm. um partially my age and then uh but when I did kids pans I was an orange belt I was a new orange belt I was about 
13, 14 years old. And uh, I signed up for like team two or team three, whatever it was. And um, there was no one. I mean, kids pants wasn't that as big uh, back then. But so I only had this one other um, one other girl that she was signed up at the same age range, but she was a weight class above me. And so I was like, well, why not? Like, we're making the trip. Like, I want to have as many matches. I don't want to just yeah. go there and get a gold medal. Yeah, for showing up. So we went there. Um, everyone apparently knew who, the, I guess she was a California local. I did some research on her because I was, like, kind of scared. And my coach was like, don't worry about it. Um, but her name was, I remember her name. Her name was McKenna Hutchison. And um, I'm not sure if she's still doing jiu-jitsu now, but uh she was like i was watching her video she was tapping out like blue belts and all that and she was she was a little bit like she was 10 10 pounds heavier than me and so so i was like a little nervous um and when i got there in the bullpen all these all the referees all the people working there were like good luck mckenna good luck and i was like oh my god they know her <laughs> i was like this is it she's friends with the refs <laughs> i know she's friends with everybody over here i was like oh no i'm screwed uh, and then once I got there to my ring, my coach was there, and then my mom was standing right next to Hoffa and Guy Mendez, and I was like, oh my god, it's Hoffa and Guy Mendez, and then I didn't know, I don't think they were directly her coaches, but they knew of her, I guess, she was a local in the California scene, so they were watching the match, and so um, I was like, okay, like, but I looked over my coach and he's like, you know, you can't hesitate. You got to go. So I was like, okay, like that's, so I, when I weighed in, I was still, I still qualified for the weight class below her. Like I just, I didn't gain any weight. And so we slapped hands. She grabbed um, like my collar and I tried to break it. And I was like, <laughs> and then like, what? I was like, oh my God, she's super strong. And so I was like, okay, she's holding on to my collar. And then I was Back then, I was really ballsy. Like, I was not afraid of anything. So I was, like, flying armbar. <laughs> I was, like, I just jumped for it. I didn't jump completely. Like, I didn't throw the leg around. But I was able to jump high enough to capture, like, the over one shoulder. Uh-huh. And as soon as we hit the ground, I captured the shoulder. And then I, like, twist. Like, I pivoted and then threw the leg over. And I was just, like, trying to, like, I was, like, pulling the arm. I tried to get it. And she was defending. But she was falling. And then in kids pans and stuff as soon as you have the arm like extended or if it was straight enough they'll the referee would stop it so mm-hmm. that's what happened and i was like whoo i like got <laughs> up and i was like oh my gosh that was that was a lot of fun but overcame your fear of jumping guard you just went for the fly arm yeah, exactly yeah at that point i was like i can't oh well yeah because the whole first year right i, I didn't want to jump guard and then my coach was my coach would, it was Professor Steve Mitchell, but mm-hmm. he would always bait us, like, he would, um, the kids program, he'd have a lot of fun with it, I was, he'd just mess with us sometimes, he was like, he'd teach us something really cool, and he's like, I'll give you a stripe at the tournament, if you, like, I'll give you a stripe when you come back, if you pull off some, like, some really cool move at the tournament, <laughs> so me and my teammates would be like, all right, yeah, like, that's it, we just became, like, a challenge between all of us te- teammates and stuff, that's but. awesome. So, yeah, after, like, almost getting concussed practicing flying arm bars at the gym all the time, uh, I was able to finally get comfortable and, like, jump high enough. So that, That's <laughs> a great fun. story. So was, was that your only time doing kids' pants? Yes. So that was uh, my one and only time. And it went great but because I was 13, 14. And mm-hmm. so I was in eighth grade that year or – so and then by the time I went to high school, I started wrestling. So mm-hmm. that's why that was my only time at Kids Pants. Um, but I went by super great. And then by I always when I was doing jujitsu, I was always really nervous of takedowns. By the time I was getting into those preteens or teenage divisions, I was noticing like, oh, I think it is pretty important to learn takedowns and all that. So um I had a few of my teammates they were in high school or the guys they would they would wrestle like they would wrestle for the school and so I was like okay I need to do that like you guys take me down all the time I don't want to lose my <laughs> takedowns you know 
So I always had to beat them. I didn't care if they were boys. And it was funny because as I was getting older, like when I was younger, when I first started, I was taller and I wasn't bigger than everyone, but I was taller than everyone mm-hmm. because we were all the same age and I was the girl. So I, I puberty was faster for me than it was for them. And yeah. then by the time we got into high school, they started like hitting these growth spurts and I was getting frustrated. I was like, what the heck? Like, I used to beat you up all the time. Like, <laughs> why are you so strong now? <laughs> and so that was a big, like, my coach was like, no, Alex, they're going to go through puberty. They're going to be bigger. <laughs> and I was like, what? That's not fair. Yeah, I want to do that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, how come that doesn't happen to me? <laughs> Uh, that's funny yeah that was that was something i definitely wanted to get into is just like your wrestling career and how you kind of managed being able to to have like a high school wrestling career and balance that with your jiu-jitsu so were you still training jiu-jitsu when you got into wrestling in high school or did you kind of put that on the back burner for a little bit so uh my first year my very first year my freshman year i decided to go give the whole wrestling thing like a full like I'm gonna focus on it like for sure but my first year I weighed around like 120 pounds and the the varsity team didn't have a 113 pounder and so Mm -hmm. my coach was like you cut down to 113 and the spot is yours and so I was like okay why not I'll try it and that was when I like early high school was when I learned a lot about weight cutting and all the wrong ways all the (laughs) bad ways to weight cut I didn't have a nutritionist. I didn't. So they were just like, just stop eating as like I was eating like granola bars and banana and peanut butter all the time. And it was miserable. It was definitely not right. And um, but my freshman year, I felt like I had enough energy. I would go to wrestling practice. Then I after wrestling practice, I would go to uh, jujitsu afterwards because the way it worked out, I was able like three to five was wrestling. It was two hours. And then by like 6.30 or 5.30, I'd go to jiu-jitsu. And I was exhausted all the time. And But at the same time, I was still very young. I was 14, so I felt like I had energy all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and But wrestling, we just we did so much cardio conditioning. I really like had to learn about grit. Like the preseason, I came home from the first – practice first day of preseason and we just did this like p90x workout <laughs> not all the not all the wrestlers were there some of the guys were still in football season so the coach waits for some of them and he gets like all the newcomers the newbies and they're like all right this is the first day there was only like five of us he's like there's gonna be more later on but this is what we're gonna do and I was exhausted I literally went home and then I just lay I didn't even shower yet I was just drenched and I was like I have no energy and I just laid in the bed and like fell asleep my mom came into my room and she's like are you okay and I was like yeah <laughs> just let me lay here for a second that's um, funny yeah we, we have some uh some kids on my team right now who are doing high school wrestling and, and then coming to jiu-jitsu and man like it's it seems so to like such a big challenge because like you said there's so much cardio training in wrestling yeah it's such an intense sport and to be able to do both simultaneously, I think, is is such a tough thing, but probably prepared you really well for high level competition. Would you agree with that? Um, for sure. Um, it it was a sense of delayed gratification in terms that um, I knew like every time I go to wrestling and then I go to jujitsu, I had to be able to learn how to like kind of flip the switch mentally. It wasn't only physically tasking, uh, but mentally more than anything because it was it was different. Uh, the rule sets were different, you know, like can't really go to your back in wrestling. So there was a lot of transitions that um, that were difficult. But at the same time, I learned how to scramble really well. I learned how to use mm-hmm. my hips uh, very well and um, just learning head position, head positioning, how to win certain scrambles. Um, and that helped me a lot and just learning pressure, lots of pressure, because yeah. before um, and in uh, wrestling I learned that especially because they were stronger than me the guys were a lot stronger than me I learned in high school I learned folk style and I learned how to leg ride in folk style and um that's what they would call it leg riding and folk style really well and I learned a lot of power halves because I couldn't just hold people down with like regular tilts or wrist control and regular 
rides and stuff because the boys were so strong, they'd just shoot straight up. So Mm -hmm. I'd always have to learn how to leg ride. But it was different from having, uh, taking someone's back in the hooks. Like, you don't have to, like, when you're, someone's in top and turtle position or referee's position in wrestling, like, in jiu-jitsu, they're not trying to stand up all the time. So they're not, like, trying to throw you off the back the same way so i would always i learned how to use my hips really well um so that really helped but it was it was it was so taxing on like it was frustrating because i went from somewhere in jiu-jitsu where i'd win all the time to in wrestling i got my butt kicked every day every day and i was just like i don't get this like it's not coming as easy but then again i was in a in a room with full of state champions like we were very uh even though we were a relatively new high school program like the cambridge was only open for two years but a lot of people from milton or all these other schools got redistricted and zoned for cambridge so and the coach was very well known so my freshman year i made 113 i made the varsity um I made the varsity lineup. I didn't win anything, but our team won the state title. So oh, wow. because I was on the lineup, they gave me a ring too. And I was like, what? That's so <laughs> cool. So state championship ring. Like that was the only ring I got in high school for it. Like we didn't win it the next few years because we had a lot of them graduate. Our seniors graduate. But mm-hmm. but it was really – it was something really cool to be a part of. Yeah, that's awesome. Like we've had a few, we had one pure wrestler on the podcast. We had Tony Ramos. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Yeah. So we had, he's, yeah, he's, he's incredible. So we had him and then we had a couple people who trained wrestling and jujitsu at the same time. And I think one of the, the questions that I always think of when I'm thinking about like how you integrate your wrestling techniques into your jujitsu is like, are there any positions in wrestling? Cause obviously the rules are different. So not all the techniques are super transferable from wrestling to jujitsu because the goals of the sport and the rules are different, but uh-huh. what do you feel like you mentioned like your hips and your aggression, the forward pressure. Is there any like specific wrestling techniques or um, maybe even just concepts that like really helped your jujitsu? For sure. Um, not just with the takedowns, but I was able to integrate and it, it was a lot of trial and error. I think it wasn't until like my third year of wrestling that I, I really kind of started getting a gist of how to combine the two. Mm-hmm. Um, everything before then was just like, oh, that didn't work, or maybe that worked, or, um, so it was just playing around with it, and it was kind of, it was difficult, because I didn't have, like, a coach that would tell me, like, a coach, like, a wrestling jiu-jitsu coach that would tell me that works or not, so it was just, yeah. like, figuring stuff out, um, but which was good, I feel like, for me, like, when I was being a young, like, teenager at the time, that was a very very good challenge for me that really helped me problem solve a lot and deal with adversity. Um, but, uh, takedowns, um, there's some turns that I learned in wrestling and just scrambling. A lot of it was how to scramble properly and just concepts of like, if you're scrambling, usually hip high or head high wins. And so when I get into weird positions in jujitsu, I just think of, those concepts and it'll usually end up going in my favor or I'm able to see a little bit more slow down the scramble a little bit more know what grips to look for and go for so that um it'll go as we're scrambling I know where where to go I have a sense of direction yeah that's that's awesome that's really good advice I feel like even for like you said hips high and heads head high in the scramble I feel like that's good advice even for people who who didn't wrestle and don't have that background just just something simple to think of while they're Mm -hmm. in the middle of the scramble Mm -hmm, for sure yeah that's definitely what helped a lot so um just taking those like those two small concepts really you could apply it in any scramble pretty much um but yeah that's amazing yeah so uh, after high school like, I'm sure you reach this kind of point where it's like, okay, I can either take wrestling further or I can start to put all my time into jiu-jitsu again. So did, mm-hmm. did you feel like you had to – not say that there was like a trade-off, but did, was that kind of a difficult decision for you, whether to pursue wrestling at a higher level or to just try and jump immediately into high-level jiu-jitsu competition full-time? 
Yeah, so um, originally the plan was, and the funny thing was in uh, my freshman year was the only year I did Fargo, uh, which was high school nationals. Mm-hmm. And so for the girls, the only thing we have for like um, for women's college wrestling is freestyle. And all of my high school, I learned folk style. So it would have been a new new type of wrestling that would, I would have had to learn as well. But when I went to Fargo my freshman year, um, I did that whole year um, of wrestling, and I was only doing jiu-jitsu practices. I wasn't really doing tournaments. Every once in a while, there was a local tournament. I'd jump in it if I was off-season. But that off-season, my freshman year, I actually did the off-season for wrestling. So I, I wrestled even in the summer, and I learned freestyle. I started getting introduced to freestyle, and that's when I was able to do uh, – um, in the summer, I did girls' folk-style nationals. And I All-American there, I got third place. Um, I also did free, Fargo Freestyle Nationals, where I was a cadet, which was my age group. And I got fourth in cadets. And then I did the age group above me, which was juniors. And I got third in juniors, um, which was a super fun experience. Um, Fargo's in the middle of nowhere. But that whole summer of just, it was just grit and just, like, banging heads. Like, freestyle was it was like anarchy. It was just like you get points for running people out of bounds. You get points for finishing the takedown, like into the, they encourage you to finish the takedowns. Like they don't care if you run into tables, like they want you to do that. So all of that, like my very first freestyle wrestling practice was with, um, Emily Pinson from, um, and I went to mid state. I went all, me and my coach, my coach drove me all the way to like, I think it was in Athens, but I think it was Athens or something for mid-state wrestling for my first freestyle practice. And the girl, like, the wrestling mat ended, and then there's all the cement into the weight area. And she, like, dumped me on my head into the cement. And I, I looked around. I was, I was like, I looked at my coach, and I was like, did you just do that? Like, was she allowed to <laughs> Is that, do that real? I know. Was that real? Like, why didn't she stop? And then he was like, he just shrugged their shoulders at me like that's what it is and then the the coach running the practice was like Alex get back on the mat and I was like okay <laughs> and so I was like I learned real quick I was like this is how it's gonna be and I think it was probably one of the best things for me because I wasn't a very aggressive jiu-jitsu person I relied a lot on technique but I wasn't aggressive um so that really pushed like it made me learn real quick I was like okay I have to either go to that level and be able to wrestle or do jujitsu where I just got to be mean. Like you got to learn how to be mean or like someone that is just like, even if they have less technique than you in wrestling, if they're just mean about it and like they want it more, like they're going to win. So I learned real quick. I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta step it up or else they're just going to plow through me. Cause I'm all I'm worried about is the technique. Yeah, I feel like even yeah, jujitsu and wrestling. I feel like that's something that you learn if you compete. Is it's not always the most technical person who wins. A lot of times, yeah. it's the one who has really good conditioning, who pushes the pace, who's yeah. never gonna quit and give up a position. So, what what advice do you have for someone who maybe they're really technical in jujitsu, but they have trouble with that aggression or being mean, like you said? I feel like I personally struggle with that a little bit. So, yeah. I'm interested to hear your take on it. <laughs> It, honestly, wrestling was what taught me that, and it was difficult because when I'd go back to jujitsu, a lot of people that you know in in wrestling, you're all the same age, relatively the same age, and you all have the same goals because the you're on a team, you have a season schedule, and in jujitsu, you get all people from all different walks of life, and they're trying to do it as hobbyists or competitors. So it was difficult. I almost had to tone down. The level of aggression that I would do when I'd go back to jujitsu at first because I didn't want people to be like, oh, she's just mean or something. I was like, I wasn't yeah. trying to be mean, but I was like, I just came from like a wrestling, se- like eight months of wrestling season where they just told me to like, like run my partner into the wall and everything <laughs> or else I'd get in trouble. So it was just an understanding, but it was definitely important to be able to find partners that are um, like aren't they don't have an ego and they're they're they understand like we have the same goal and even though you know things aren't always going to be nice in competition they're not going to be nice to you so it's more that like if you have that 
you find those partners that you have under understandings with, like they have the same goals as you. And it's like, okay, this is the kind of push that we need to, sometimes we just need to scrap and training mm-hmm. to, to really like to imitate, you know, competition and just to, you know, if you face those opponent opponents that are just, you know, mean and whatnot, you, it's not going to be something that you're, you're not going to be shocked about it or anything. So, yeah, definitely. So I kind of wanted to, to pivot a little bit and talk about some of the, the high-level jiu-jitsu tournaments that you competed in. Oh, yeah. So once you got done with, like, your – well, first of all, are you done with your wrestling career, your collegiate wrestling career? Yeah, so I forgot to mention that because I talked about the freshman year. But um, I, my, after graduating high school, I only did Fargo and Freestyle Nationals my freshman year. And then the sophomore, junior, senior year, I would take the summers off and do jiu-jitsu and like mm-hmm. focus on doing jiu-jitsu it would still mess me up because it would take me about two to three months of being rusty and coming back to it to really get any progress but my senior year after my senior year of uh wrestling I actually ended my senior year of wrestling early to to focus on jiu-jitsu because I was become I was switching from juvenile to adults that was the year mm-hmm. I was eligible for adults and I was getting my purple belt at the same time so as soon as I was eligible for my purple belt, I, I got my purple belt. And uh, they were like, okay, you have adult tournaments now. And I was like, I don't want to just go into purple belt adults and lose. So yeah. like Jiu-Jitsu was still my number one, like my main passion. And so my first year after, or like my senior year, I I only did Jiu-Jitsu. And so I focused on Jiu-Jitsu. I got to do some, um, I, I, just I did all the local like IBJJFs and then I did um I did my very first year at Purple Belt I couldn't do pants because of wrestling but then I did worlds and I was super excited about it but (laughs) but that's when my very first match was against um who I didn't know at the time and she wasn't as big of a name but it was against Fion Davies oh (laughs) wow yeah I was (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was, I was so like, I was looking at her and uh, she, I was fighting lightweight and she looked very small for lightweight. And I looked at my coach, I was like, oh man, I'm about to destroy this like little, little girl. Like she doesn't belong in this weight class. Boy, I was wrong. I was so wrong. I've never been, uh, like, it was just through basic jujitsu too. I, I guess a part of it was just a shock, like. My very first year at Worlds Juvenile Worlds, I ended up having an adrenaline dump. I was starstruck. I was all over the place. I was like, look at Bouchesha, look at all these people. And and I couldn't really focus. And I ended up like having an adrenaline dump in the semis. And I ended up like just throwing up like 20 times before my finals match and and just like laid down on the mat in my finals match. Cause I was like, I, I can't do anything. Like I, I feel like I gotta <laughs> throw it up again, throw up again. And so, Purple Belt Worlds, I had my match against Fion, my first match, and she murked me, like, 16 nothing. And I, and my coach, who I've never been, I've never been, like, that's never happened to me before. I've never been really just dominated like that. And I don't know what it was in my head. I kind of just, I don't know if I just blanked out, but she wasn't doing anything fancy. I've always loved her jujitsu is very basic, but pressure, and it was just tight, no space, and um, she she ended up beating me 16-0, and I was like, I don't know what happened, and I actually got a tattoo, because I was 18, after that, because my coach was like, you need to explode, you need to explode, like, you, you were just sitting there, and and so I got a tattoo of, like, a little the Mario bomb on my forearm. Like, Reminding you to explode every time you compete. Yeah. So I look at it. I was like, you need to explode. But I look back on it. I was like, I look at my arm. I was like, well, I mean, it's there. It's cute and whatnot. But it's just like, you know, every young kid that gets a tattoo, I, I look back on it. And I was like, I don't know if I regret it or not. But it was a nice story. Yeah, definitely. So we actually had Fionn's coach on one of our earlier episodes, Dara O'Connell. Um, and he, he was talking about rolling with her and how much pressure she has. And yeah. like you said, she has a pretty basic game, but she does her techniques so well and times them so well. Mm, um, there's no space. just makes her yeah. super. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, no space. So do you feel like that loss, was that something that kind of because uh, I know a lot of times competitors have like a moment in their competitive career where they have a loss and it kind of 
forces them to like refocus their energy and um, yeah. it's just kind of like a motivating factor. So was that what happened to you with that match? Oh, for sure. And the fact that I had finished wrestling in high school after that Worlds, I was like, well, I'm going to – I was I dedicated myself. I always was. Like, I, work ethic was never an issue for me. I love to train. So I would always train two to three times a day, like uh, like six to seven days a week. So I would um, – I would – I would just go back to training and after that world's um, and the help that I was just able to focus on one sport instead of diverting my time into two different things. And that year, that following year, as my first year in college, I didn't wrestle. I went to Kennesaw State and I focused on jiu-jitsu. So I was a full-time student um, and then, but I also like did jiu-jitsu full-time as well. And um, I that that was the year 2017, I believe, was the year I won pans at purple, and uh, I was just winning everything, and I um, I did I didn't win it I didn't I got I made a mistake in the quarters finals of worlds that I didn't so that's why I didn't place at worlds, but my pans performance that year was I felt good I felt like okay, this is, like, I'm, I really like doing this, like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, and it just made sense, um, I, I fought at lightweight, and I subbed everyone, I subbed everyone that year, um, and also ended up placing third in the absolutes at Purple Belt, um, so I was super happy about that, like, the performances were really good, I didn't get scored on in my, my weight class, and then, and what I went to, absolutes and I faced all like the bigger girls um but I was still able to find a way and I I I won all my matches with subs and the one I lost to in the in the semifinals was to um was to Kendall Rusing yeah at that time and I lost to her by two points um that that year at Pans um but I mean that's when I was like okay I gotta focus but then I, I had a lot of friends that wrestled at Life University, and they were always begging me, like, you got to come wrestle, you got to come wrestle, like, we need a 130-pounder, and so, although everything was going great for me in jiu-jitsu, I was really finding a groove, and competing was starting to become second nature, like, I was getting to the point where I wasn't nervous to compete, because I did so, like, every weekend, yeah. so, it was, it was nice, and I had this this I found this mentality I had a um, one of my uh with my coach Professor Mitchell he worked he used to work for a guy at Atlanta Arms his name is Jason Kuhn he's like one of the top five marksmen in the world and this guy's uh mentality he's a little bit of a narcissist but he's amazing <laughs> yeah I mean I feel like all the top level competitors they have to be at yeah at, with some yeah you know they at have least to a little bit <laughs> Yeah, there's got to be some kind of that because it's got to be like, you know, it doesn't matter who I go against. I step in the ring. It's like, I'm going to beat you. I don't care if you're an Olympic champion or whatever. So competition is competition. And so we really worked a lot in of, on my mentality and mindset going into competition and how to perform. And I feel like that uh, my senior year into my freshman year of college was where I really kind of started understanding what it took to be a high level competitor competitor mentally and I thought it was um it was great it was going really well and it was it was all going to plan and so and then I went to wrestling again because <laughs> <laughs> they're like oh I'll pay for your school in college and I was like only a first year college student I was like okay that that sounds great and you know, a lot of people were telling me, you're still very young. You have a lot of things to do. And wrestling in college was something I've always wanted to do. I didn't want to look back and regret on not doing it. So I went ahead and did it. My very first preseason of wrestling in college, I got hurt. And uh, I got hurt in the preseason. We weren't even on the, the mats. We were running so much. And I didn't know a lot about active recovery because all these years I was so young, I didn't need to do active recovery. I could just wake up the next day and be ready to go. Mm-hmm. But as I was getting a little bit older, um, uh, injuries, all these injuries were starting to 
like take place and that's when I ended up uh tearing my meniscus and I had surgery in the preseason so I didn't even have a first season of college I was just out the whole time um but then I came back like uh probably five to six months later and then I was able and I wanted to prove to myself that I could wrestle in college like I wanted to show them that yeah I could do this um and it was freestyle wrestling and I was fortunate. My coaches in college were, uh, were very, were very technical, very good. Um, one of our, one of the assistant coaches is um, an Olympic hopeful. He was a, a Greco Olympic hopeful. He's this very, he's like a heavyweight, but he moves like a lightweight. It's crazy. Um, and so I learned a lot of freestyle wrestling from him. And that, that college wrestling that I learned, kind of, it, he, he's. The way he taught us, he's like, this is what works at the Olympic Olympic level. He was telling us everything you learned in high school or before, just throw it out the window. <laughs> he had this mindset of like, if I didn't teach it to you, you didn't know it yet. And so I was like, okay. <laughs> but which was good. I I learned so much and how to like how high level wrestling or the higher level wrestling uh, functioned and operated, and it was a great experience my second season of college because I got to go against like world team members and like uh possible Olympic um uh like Olympic team members mm-hmm. which was awesome I got my butt kicked but I also won a lot um which was cool and so I was able to all-American my my second year but unfortunately we had two uh nationals in college for women's it's WCWA which is um a combination of like all the different colleges NAIA and CAA kind of take all the different divisions and combine them um and then the unfortunately COVID happened and so we didn't have our own division nationals we only had WCWA so I all-american I got third place at WCWA the COVID year 2020 and then it was canceled um for our NAIA was canceled in March so at that point we're like okay and then COVID kind of happened and then I went back to jiu-jitsu so and that kind of catches us up catches us up to now yeah that's crazy so COVID basically put an end to your your college wrestling at least for for the time being are you planning to go back to college wrestling after everything resumes with uh COVID being over or Um, I guess as soon as it ends yeah so my uh my coaches have been begging me my um uh, my college wrestling coaches have been begging me to come back, but I've, I've always like, I feel like right now, like being a brown belt, possibly in the near future, or getting ready for that, like really next level to become like a professional jujitsu fighter. I really wanted to focus on. I so I wanted. I knew that if I focused on something, I could get really good at good at it. But having to do two things and expecting the highest level in both was just. This is like almost an impossible task. Yeah, um, that's that's yeah. tough. And to do so, so within like a year is, is just too much. So I want I told them I've been telling them like, no, I want to focus on jujitsu. It's been my whole point of doing wrestling was to better my jujitsu. So um now the so far the goal is to just focus on jujitsu. And sure. hopefully it'll stay that way because I feel like I have been making a lot of really great jumps in my game. Um especially being able to train with uh professor bruno frazado lately like um i i joined his team in the late late of uh late 2020 when things started to kind of open back up in atlanta so Mm -hmm. so were you training with uh professor frazado before the pan ams or was that after um this the 2020 pan ams i was already training with him for about three months or two months or so um, prior to then I was still at knuckle up fitness, but everything kind of closed down. Um, and, um, there wasn't a lot of, there was a lot of, uh, older, uh, older jujitsu players at knuckle up and, um, there was a lot going on and we couldn't really get our, our team. The team wasn't really coming back together. And so I really wanted, I was like, after COVID wrestling or after wrestling happened, I was like, look, I really want to focus on jiu-jitsu. I want to be the best there is. Um, and I just, I needed training partners. And I, I love Professor 
uh, Steve Mitchell, he's always been a father figure to me. Um, he was starting um, a family. He has a, a daughter on the way. And so he was looking to also step back from teaching full time uh, for a while. So I talked to him about it and I was like, hey, look, um, Professor Bruno Frazado is opening his own gym. It literally is five minutes from where I live, which is convenient. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and so um, and he was able to focus like he had a lot of competitors on this team. Um, a lot of people that wanted to compete a lot younger of a crowd uh, there so that I could really push myself. So after talking with him, he was like, all right, yeah, this is what, um, and we talked about it. He's like, I thought you would always end up leaving the gym in the future. He thought I would get my black belt for first and then end up going somewhere to better, better myself. Um, but I guess it just came around sooner just because of COVID. Um, yeah. That was definitely like a unique challenge, I feel like, for the whole jiu-jitsu community. So I definitely can can understand your mindset behind that decision. But what was it like training under Bruno, preparing for the pans? Because like I mentioned in the intro, like you won double gold at pans, gi and no gi, which is obviously incredible, especially as a featherweight. So uh, I'm guessing there were some some changes to your training, just transitioning under Bruno. So what was what was that kind of like? Um, Training... In terms of competition, like competition classes or just training, um, was similar, but also we focused a lot on new technique. Um, the training was always hard at Knuckle Up before. Um, I would do a lot. And, like, some days – and I had access to – it was, like, an MMA gym, so I had access access to weights right next to the mat. So I would – before, I would usually lift weights – and like an hour before class and just focus on the strength portion of lifting, not really do strength and conditioning. And I go into jujitsu class and some days it would be Saturday. Saturdays would be like the burner where I do CrossFit class at 10, 11 o'clock was jujitsu class drilling, live drilling for an hour. And then we'd have competition class again for another hour and a half. And it was just live. Saturdays were just live days. It was just like the grinder, like, all right, you're going to. So it made me tough. Like we toughness was never an issue. Um, but then when I got to Professor Forzato's, he helped me really understand the technique and um, modern jiu-jitsu. Uh, mm-hmm. Since he was, since he, I, I love that he, how up to date he keeps with everything and the passion and um, his attention to detail and everything that he puts into the competitors. He he really and he has that experience, which really helped um, like comfort me in terms of like, OK, um, as a competitor, as a successful competitor, this is what you need to do. And it kind of gave me a, like um, a timeline of and like just comfort and like what you're doing is correct or this is what we need to change in your training or um and then this is the latest technique because everything's that's why i loved about jiu-jitsu everything is always evolving and that's why it's hard that's why i was like i don't want to go back to wrestling if i go back to wrestling i come back to jiu-jitsu there's like a new guard already yeah (laughs) definitely new new problems to solve (laughs) exactly i was like i don't want to be late to everything and keep like catch up i want to be ahead of the game you know so Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's so awesome to hear about Professor Frazado because I, I don't know him personally, but I did have the chance to to just meet him and shake his hand, competing against one of his students at the Atlanta Open one year. Um, and he just seems like such a nice guy. Like I could see him coaching all his students at the tournament, and he just put so much passion into all of them, and it was really in- inspiring. So I'm glad that you were able to find him and that he has that school in Atlanta now for you to train at and and really be able to pursue like the highest level of accomplishments in the sport. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So I do have one more question for you. I don't take up too much of your time today, but um, I feel like in jujitsu, I feel like top competitors kind of reach this point where they have to kind of start thinking about their livelihood, like how they're going to make money, um, you know, whether they want to open an academy or whether they want to try to just be a world champion and do seminars, stuff like that. Do you put thought into like what you want your career to look like long-term outside of just winning the worlds, winning the pans, winning all the major tournaments of life out. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's a question I get a lot being 
that I'm about to graduate college in in a quarter or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're on a quarter system at life. Um, so a lot of people, whether they're parents or just people in general, they're like, "What? Are, so what are you going to do after you graduate? And I told them, I was like, um, I'm going to do jiu-jitsu full time. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they're like, oh, you're going to make money from that? And I was like, well, hopefully. And I know it's very, like, like very like um it's not it's not everyone it's similar to like marksman and shooting it's top five percent ever make money you know um but i feel like i'm at a great disposition where i and i'm i'm very young i'm 21 years old um about to turn 22 and i feel like i do want to i want to give myself a shot to do what i do what i love to do and there's no really rush um to that like to go into a job field or work a nine to five job i want to actually pursue this i feel like i have a great chance to um i feel like i have the work ethic and the the talent and understanding that um i could i could actually do this um as like you know a professional jiu-jitsu fighter i do want to do that and so um i actually i really enjoy teaching i love teaching a lot and i feel like that's teaching um over the years i used to uh help with the and run the kids program at knuckle up uh back when i was younger in my early teens and now i'm helping out with the competition kids class over at uh uh, professor Pizzato's, and um i enjoy it a lot i've thought about i'm not 100 percent sure about if i want to open my own gym um and whether because i see all the hard work that professor bruno puts in he he's a man with a he's one of those one of those people that he wants it's it's not done right unless he does it and i i admire him highly for it he he works harder than he 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 works harder than he did as a competitor now as an instructor and a coach because he he wants to be the one teaching all the classes so right now he teaches probably four or five times a day does it all by himself he trains with the competitors he makes extra time he um he just does it all by him like he wants it to be him and then and i love it i love it but i can definitely tell like it puts a toll on him he's he gets definitely tired towards the end of the week but man it's it's admirable like i want to be that kind of coach that kind of that kind of um that jujitsu person when I, um, when I get to that point in my life. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. It's cool to have him as someone to look up to and just being able to train under him every day. And I feel like now with social media too, I feel like there's a lot of alternative career paths. It's not like you have to jump into a nine to five. You don't have to work for a corporation for 40 years. So Mm. I'm hoping that a lot of the upcoming jujitsu competitors can kind of really latch onto that and use it as a tool to build the awareness around their brand and everything like that. So, so yeah, that's, that's cool. It sounds like a great, uh, a great option for you is just, uh, you know, pursue your professional career, get the competitive accomplishments and then hopefully either open a school or, you know, do your seminars and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think it's a great time. It's great timing. Uh, Jiu-Jitsu is, I mean, still a very young sport, but it's definitely on the rise. More and more money is being put into it. And, um, hopefully by the time i'm like in my peak there's you know being a professional jiu-jitsu fighter will um will be it'll be easier for like black belts and professional fighters to be paid in the sport um so that's uh that's something i really look forward to and with you know with sponsors and all that and uh and hopefully hopefully it all goes great so yeah i actually did think of one more question do you have time for one more yeah no for sure for sure <laughs> so fight to win on friday the 29th um of january they had that uh, all-female card and that was yeah. the first time they did a card like that we had uh gabby mccomb on our last episode just to kind of talk about it because she was one of the main fighters on the card it was really fun the card was amazing absolutely yeah. delivered and over delivered of, of what everyone was expecting so what was your <laughs> opinion on that card and were there any matches that really stood out to you 
I um I loved it. Um I watched it from five o'clock to ten PM and I was like, yeah. That's a lot of jujitsu. Yeah, yeah, I thought there was a lot of jujitsu. My um one of our my one of our teammates, uh, Stephanie Kopaz, was on the card, and she uh, she beat Brittany Elkin. Yeah, for I the saw her title, match. And I was very, match. yeah, I was very happy for her. Uh, she's one of the girls at the gym that or that really it's awesome because as it was nice to see because in Atlanta there's very few handful of of female competitors that are really serious about doing the sport full time and she's one of them and I've always admired that uh about her she's made changes um in her in you know in her life she lives the jiu-jitsu life um so it's nice to have one of those uh as a teammate one of those people as teammates to really um you know to help you go along the same path like okay we're pushing each other because we want we want this this is you know those titles are what we're going for and um and I'm, a, I'm also a big fan of uh tubby um i know her match with uh natalie was awesome really exciting to watch i love that match with uh gabby and toledo it was actually oh, fireworks it was so awesome. i was waiting for someone to just punch someone i was like hey, okay, <laughs> i love it you saw the hard yeah. collar tie and i was just like it's coming yeah. I was <laughs> the like, punches are coming <laughs> yeah the referee was like stop that and i was like let him wrestle like it's all part of it it's all part of it let him go let him go <laughs> that's so funny um but yeah and like even the and especially with the main event like Rafaela and um and baby was just i mean it was all fireworks i was really uh, on the edge of my seat for the whole like the latter part of the evening uh for sure so um i i mean i love it i hope i'm professor Fazzato and i are planning to be on the card soon enough um we're just uh he's trying to be strategic about everything so that uh when we when we get the ball rolling we're gonna keep the ball rolling so um with the next or so quarter of school after I graduate, I'll be able to be on like a full-time jujitsu schedule as much or more than, so right now I'm still like in school and I have to miss some classes, uh, but we're working around it and I'm still training hard, but especially once school ends, um, it's going to be, I'm excited to see how much time and all that I could put into jujitsu and see my jujitsu grow. Um, instead of, you know, studying for a test, I'll be studying jujitsu all day. So, Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, I'm excited think- for that. For sure. I'm excited for that, too. I think Fight to Win actually announced that they're going to do some more of those cards. So it'd be really cool yeah. to see you on one of those in the future. Hopefully it's not too far into the future. Oh, um, it was it was a big success. So I'm anticipating they'll do it again relatively soon. Yeah, definitely. Um, I will. You'll definitely see me on that card soon enough. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks again for your time. Really, really appreciate it. It's been almost an hour, yeah. so I won't take up too much of your day. But do you have uh, any sponsors you, or any uh, any teammates or anyone you want to shout out? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, break new ground. I know Jake Watson is also yep. Yep. Awesome. I love Louise and uh, that whole crew over there. I break new ground. He's really done a lot for me and my um my teammate and girlfriend Faye, Faye Cherier. She's actually uh-huh. gonna be back on the scene too. Pretty soon, she's been dealing with neck injuries from wrestling, uh, mm-hmm. but she was a rooster weight, and uh, she's just fireworks. Like her game and aggression, she's like a little uh, a little pit bull. So I'm awesome. you're gonna be super excited. Definitely keep her. Um, we'll get her on the podcast soon. For sure, for <laughs> sure, you're gonna love her story. Is great. Um, definitely a fighter's story. Um, and uh, just you know, Professor Frazado. I also am thankful that like um, oh Ever Legendary as well. I'm sponsored by Ever Legendary by Tori Applegate. Um, she's the wife of Sean Applegate over at Tenth Planet Atlanta, and I actually love those two people. They're great people, great friends. I've they've known me since I was a teenager. They've always allowed me to cross train with them, and I've learned a lot of great nogi stuff from him. And so um, it keeps me intact with all the modern leg locks and everything. And I love how um, everyone in Atlanta is pretty much welcome and have had open doors for me and uh, and a lot of people to train because, I mean, it's a small niche community. So definitely, definitely definitely have 
thankful for them. And everyone at Knuckle Up Fitness has always been my family. So, like Professor Steve Mitchell, the owner CJ, um, my strength and conditioning coach, and and why we're actually in Savannah is Mo Travis right now. She's getting her CrossFit Level Two certification. I've been lifting weights with her since I was 14, so I feel like that's oh she's always given me an edge on like transitioning from juvenile to adults. I was ready for the strength, the changes in strength and everything, and I've grown with it too. So. It's helped me handle a lot of things very well as term in terms of competition and and transitioning to adulthood. So it's been really I've been really thankful for everyone. And Atlanta Arms is uh, Jason Kuhn, the guy that uh, helped me. Um, he's kind of like my sports psychologist in a way, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's always been a very helpful sponsor as well. So really thankful for all those people and everyone uh, over at Autos Atlanta. Um, Bella Souza, she does my, uh, or Bella's Fi on Instagram. She does all the video editing and that's the one that makes, makes everything look fire. I, t- I told her, I was like, if, you know, if, if you want to be successful in jujitsu, you got to have her edit your, edit your videos, <laughs> edit your highlights. Like it's all She'll about make you famous. <laughs> exactly. She'll make you famous. It wasn't me. I just, you know, I just do my job, but she makes it look good. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So once again, thank you for coming on. Just going to thank our sponsors really quick. So Electrum Performance, again, uh, you can use our discount code, OpenGuardCast25. You get 25% off all their programs at Electrum.com, ElectrumPerformance.com, excuse me. And we want to thank uh, Marcio Andre Jiu-Jitsu, My Academy, Jake's Academy, Maracaba BJJ. And yeah, this was episode 76 with Alex Enriquez. Thank you again, Alex. That was super fun. Really enjoyed talking to you. Hopefully we can get you back on, um, your girlfriend on. That would be really fun. So thank you again for coming on. Yeah, we really appreciate it. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Yeah, we'll see you soon. Thanks everyone for listening. Take care. Bye. Bye.